What's up, collective? How is it going? How is your Friday? Um, whenever you're listening to this, my intention with these true crime episodes is probably best to not make them live early in the morning. Um, I don't know. If you guys share your feedback with me, if you don't care and you're just gonna watch it whenever, that's great. But I'm, you know, I'm just going based on like when I would want a true crime episode to be posted, I guess would be later in the day. Um, So give me your thoughts as always. Please join every conversation. I am always asking you um, guys to share your feedback with me. Um, And that being said, I have asked a couple times what kind of episodes you guys would like. And it seems unanimously, uh, you guys want me to talk about therapy in a future episode. So not sure exactly what road, um, or what direction you want me to take with that. So if you want to be specific, then let me know. Or if you kind of want me to just give you my take on it, um, I can do that too. So let me know. Anyways, today's episode, I am going to do a true crime story, but I'm going to do it a little bit differently. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you would know that I talk a lot about mindset um, and mental health. And what I wanted to do with this story um, is talk about the mindset of a killer, right? And I chose today, um, as you'll see in the title, Eileen Warnos. So I hope I'm saying her name correctly, but I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this story or heard of her but they actually did, um, well, they actually did many docu- documentaries about her, but they did a pretty famous movie called Monster, and it, sh- and it starred Charlize Theron. So she was dubbed the first American um, serial killer also. And what I'm going to do basically in this episode to kind of change things up and give you kind of more my take on it since I've been, you know, I did a mind, the mindset coaching thing and I feel like I can read people pretty well. I wanted to give you my take on kind of if I read her mind, okay, and not in the woo-woo way, but just like, you know, um, based on her characteristics, she's done thousands of interviews maybe not thousands of interviews but she's done a lot of interviews there's a lot of information on her um I've watched the movie several times I've watched podcast episodes about her I've watched interviews with her I've seen her in court um so I'm very familiar with her and her story so let's get to the basics first again her name is Eileen Carol Warnos um she was born on February 29th, 1956 in Rochester, Michigan. Um but she was sentenced to death on October 9th, 2002 in Florida at the age of 46. Yeah, she was only 46 years old. So she murdered at least 7 people between the years of 1989 and 1990. Her cast drew national, or her case, excuse me, drew national attention to issues such as the relationship between gender and violence and the legal treatment of acts of self-defense by women. Her life was subject, again, to several documentaries and, as I mentioned, the movie Monster, which was released in 2003. 
So Warnos had a very deeply, deeply troubled childhood. Her parents separated before her birth. I think her mom was two months pregnant with her. And her father later spent time in a mental hospital for child molestation. Her father was also diagnosed with schizophrenia. When Warnos was four years old, she and her brother were sent to live with her grandparents. In her early teen years, she spent time at home for unwed mothers as due to she got pregnant by one of her grandfather's friends. Very disturbing life from the get-go that this woman had. Um, Which, again, anything I say in this episode is not giving an excuse for her heinous crimes, for her act of violence and hatred towards a group of people um, because it's never okay to do these things, to act this way. So I don't want anybody to misunderstand me, um, you know, what I'm saying. So in 1974, Warnos was imprisoned for driving while intoxicated and for firing a gun in a moving vehicle. She subsequently was arrested numerous times on charges that include armed robbery, check forging, and auto theft. And I want to step right here before I go any further, just from this part of it. And it's, oddly enough, Monster the Movie. Um, After I had watched it, I, you know, went a little bit in a rabbit hole about Eileen and kind of her life and seeing all these um, interviews and stuff. I mean, obviously back in the day, there wasn't a whole lot of YouTube to watch. So I got information from where I could. And then later on in years, I, um, you know, stumbled upon her story again somehow and started going down a YouTube rabbit hole and watched her um, give interviews and talk about her childhood. And what I can tell you from what I see from her and her mindset of her going back in time and her memories and thinking about her childhood and talking about her childhood, she's very angry. And obviously, if you're going to kill somebody when you're older, you're going to be some level of aggression is going to be within you. But I can tell that what happened to her, she's had a roller coaster of emotions, obviously, but you can tell there's so much hatred towards her mother, her father, um, her grandparents, and just the people that she came in contact with, anyone really that she came in contact with, seemed to piss her off. And not just like regular old I'm mad at you, but like just this severe hatred that she had to human beings, especially men. And now, mind you, all the interviews that she's given, her story does change quite a bit. So who knows how much of it is actually fiction and how much of it is fact. And again, when you go through something very traumatic in your childhood, your memory can take some things away could you block it out based on pain and it can also add them add some things either to you know self-protect or to self-harm and I think with her she was always trying to justify her actions well I do this horrible thing because this happened to me you know it was always an excuse so I just feel like her mindset about her childhood and growing up and being a young mother like it was just like I had no other option in life. This was the hand that I was dealt. I was never going to 
experience a different upbringing, right? It was like she blamed the world for the environment that she was born into. Now, mind you, I sympathize with her childhood. It was less than perfect, right? And obviously some of it is probably her recalling memories that maybe she made up in her head. Probably it wasn't all real, but I do believe a lot of bad shit happened to her. Um, So it's just crazy. So crazy. By the late 1980s, she was a drifter. And in 89, she was posing as a hitchhiker prostitute. She killed seven middle-aged male motorists motorists and left their bodies along the highways of florida and southern georgia some speculate that she may have killed an eighth motorist in the same period arrested in early 1991 she admitted to the killings but claimed that she acted in self-defense again like i said after the men assaulted her and we're all human we are all capable of snapping right we're all capable of snapping but what kind of mindset, what kind of thoughts, what kind of mental health do you have when you allow that switch to flip? Because we all have it in us, but we don't ever flip that switch, right? And with Eileen, I don't think she ever had the switch off. I think she came out of the wound, and I'm not even, I don't mean to make light of this, but she came out of the wound with that light turned on, with that switch turned on, and it was like, she was programmed at a, you know, because when you're a little kid, like your mind is a sponge and you absorb everything you're around. And I think she was programmed, for lack of a better word, to do evil shit as she got older. I mean, she, I don't think she really had much of a choice um, in her mind. Okay, let's be clear because we do control ourselves. And I say this a lot on this podcast, or I have said a lot on this podcast, that we can't ever blame our past for the way that we act later in life as we're adults. I mean, we can learn from it, we can heal from it, we can move on from it, we can do better, we can help others. But when we do things out of malicious intent or evil intent or from hatred, from whether it's racism, sexism, whatever it is, in her case, it was basically sexism, it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't justify it. And based on the accounts in the movie, which I have come to find out that they were very similar to the real life story of how the murders went down, but obviously nobody's going to know except for Eileen and the victims, right? Because we just weren't there. There weren't cameras. So the actors and the writers of this movie were going based on stories and accounts from the FBI and, you know, um, all the interviews and things like that. But it would seem like she was being treated as a prostitute, and that's what she was. She was a woman walking down the side of a highway in the 70s, um, or excuse me, in the 90s when and, and 80s, when sex was very open and, you know, when prostitution was happening in um you know a small town in florida it's very likely that these men are not the greatest um, members of society to say the least and when you are treating yourself as a sex object as someone that's 
pretty much, I don't care about my body, I don't respect myself, you're going to be treated like that. And mind you, I'm not saying that this is okay what happened to her, okay, at all. But she put herself in a position. Now, the reason that I've never been treated like a prostitute is because I never treated myself like one or ever put myself in that position. So that's what I'm saying. Um, doesn't give her, doesn't give them the right to rape her, abuse her, both sexually and physically, um, and verbally too, from the accounts that we've seen both in the movie, the documentaries. Um, so it was like, she would put herself in a situation where she would be treated badly because her mindset was, I want to take revenge on not only men in this world, but just because of all the shit I had to go through, I need revenge because that is what's going to make me feel better. And what she didn't realize, it was only going to make her feel better in the moment. And so she would put herself in these situations, walking down these highways, getting picked up by these men. And it was like she was very strategic on who she would pick. It was mostly middle-aged white men who she would choose. And she would basically show them look I don't give a shit about myself so you can treat me however you want and then when they would it was almost as if she was surprised that they were treating her like this and that gave her the excuse to kill them and it's crazy to me that she got away with this for so long I mean seven people like I know that crime back in the day was a lot easier to get away with, but just the fact that she just went under the radar for so long with all the rage that she had. Because side note, she was also in her spare time when she wasn't killing, she was going to bars with her lesbian girlfriend, Ty. And she was getting into bar fights almost every single night and stealing and you know doing all these crimes and she just stayed under the radar for so so long so it's crazy to me that she got away with seven murders now i do want to bring up one of the ones that they they showed in the movie monster that really disturbed me um i think it was actually the last one that was committed um and it was this older gentleman i think he was like a pastor or something he's very religious i don't remember why i know that but there was something about religion that stuck out so there was something maybe that was said or i don't know he said he worked at a church or something i don't know but he genuinely wanted to help her like he wanted to you know shelter her give her clothing give her food and she wasn't getting the response that she normally gets, you know, being abused, being treated like an object, being treated like shit. And this man was very genuine, very sweet, and authentically, like, wanted to make her feel safe and take care of her. And she just couldn't believe that because they're in her mind, remember, this is her mindset, she sees men as predators she sees men as demons right all men and another side note i think this happens i think this is a common denominator with some women and mental illness because my mom who off who suffered from schizophrenia who who still does she's not passed away she also feels this i don't know if it's hatred like in eileen warnos's situation but she definitely there's some negative 
emotion that she feels towards men. And I, as I was, you know, a teenager, I never understood it. I thought maybe she was just being an overprotective mom. She didn't want me to date. But as I got older, I started to realize not only like her illness um, better, you know, I understood her illness better, but I started to understand where like the, I don't want to say hatred, like I said, it's a very strong word, but where her negativity was coming from for men. And it, she was raised by a very strict father who yelled all the time. He was just always in a bad mood. And I seen, I witnessed this myself. He wasn't like this to me, but I, I seen him like that. So it wasn't anything that my mother was making up. I mean, the whole family um, remembers him that way. And it's like a lot of the men that she dated were just used her and didn't treat her very well. And so, and then when she met my father, he was the opposite. He was very loving, very caring to her. And it didn't really help. I don't know if maybe it made her worse because she knew that just any minute, any day now, he was going to change. He was going to snap, right? And treat her badly or be that demon that she thought a lot of men or almost, or, or maybe all men were. And my dad was just never like that. He never, he never flipped. He never snapped. Um, you know, he never cheated on her. He stayed committed to her for almost 20 years. And the only reason he didn't stay with her any longer is, and I have probably talked about this, is that he needed to get me out of that situation. He needed his little girl to grow up in a more calmer, healthier situation and lifestyle that I just, I was missing school because of my mom. A lot of things were happening. So it's very similar to Eileen and she definitely suffered from some mental illness, if not schizophrenia or some kind of manic um, mental illness, maybe even personality disorder or sociopath or something like that. But she just, the, this last kill that she had, I believe it was the last man that she killed. She couldn't believe that this man was flipping the script on her, like treating her like a human and not some worthless, you know, garbage off the side of the street. And I think it pissed her off even more. And it just, the reason that this one really disturbed me is that this man was such a sweet man. Like he was such a good human being and he begged for his life and he said, I have children and I have a wife and stuff. And you could just feel in that moment, even though this person was acting and this was a movie, you could still feel that this was a genuine person. This was not somebody who was ever going to hurt her. And she still ended up hurting him. And I could tell when it was done, she felt bad. She felt bad. So that's the reason I want to do this episode. And I wanted to kind of give you my take on what I thought her mindset was. She was still in there. Her humanity was still in there. That little girl that just wanted, you know, parents, that just wanted a safe home, um, you know, to be able to watch, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, to just have some sense of normalcy was still in her. And you can also see that in the movie, in the way she talks about in the interviews about her girlfriend, Ty, um, she just wanted to be loved. And the reason I think she went with Ty is because Ty wasn't a threat to her. 
That's what I believe. I believe Ty was smaller. I mean, that's how they depict her in the movie. I don't remember what she looks like in real life, but I think she wasn't a threat to her. She didn't feel like this woman could hurt her physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, and when it's they had their first fight, you could see Eileen uh, start to unravel and kind of fall apart at the seams because it's like, oh no, all my worst fears, even though I was trying to pack them away and bury them down, they're coming up to the surface. And oh my God, she's a woman. She can't treat me this way. She can't be mean to me. She can't hurt me, right? And I think she started to see that it's not just a man thing, that it's a human thing, that people hurt people and she hurts people. And, you know, so it was like, it wasn't ever right. And I think when she was in that courtroom, because they do show some of her trial they may show all of her trial and you can tell that she there's like moments of her where she kind of snaps out of her mental illness and she's just a regular human and she's like trying to understand what's happening to her and I think she starts to think about the shit she's done and see the victim's faces and and, you know, even go back to her childhood and regress and, you know, and it's crazy. Um, one of the reasons that I chose Eileen Warnos um, for this kind of segment, I guess, if you will, of the mindset of a killer is because I, for, you know, there's a lot of killers, like, I don't know why we make them famous because that's the warped culture that we live in. A lot of, I will say, well-known killers, they, there's no humanity in them. You know, there's no remorse. There is no, it's just, they just are completely cut off from feeling normal emotions. And Eileen was, I don't think she was the same way. I don't think that she ever wanted to hurt anyone. And you can tell how it's depicted in her interviews when she um, is admitting to these crimes and, and like kind of discussing how they went down and then even in the movie how it's depicted, you can tell that she really didn't want it to go that far. She maybe just wanted to scare them, to have that power over them. Because in the movie, and if you guys haven't seen it, I mean, I'm sorry, this movie's old, so, you know, spoiler alert. Um, she doesn't seem like you it's I don't think she would have killed the guy I think she was just trying to scare him to show him that she is more powerful than him and then he ended up raping her and I think that's why she ended up pulling the trigger um both figuratively figuratively and literally um because it was like she had no choice and it was almost like a self-defense thing and I know that sounds crazy but if you guys haven't seen the movie, you haven't, you know, heard her interviews, her testimonies, I mean, it's worth um, giving it a look. And again, I don't want anybody to misinterpret what I'm saying. I am not justifying her actions in any way, shape, or form. There is no way in hell that I would ever condone to this behavior just because she went through some shit when she was a kid and she grew up grew up and acted like she didn't have another choice because there is a there are part in the movie um and I don't remember if I found this in her interviews um or any of the stuff that I did the research on but in the movie she tries to straighten her life up 
and she goes on a couple job interviews and they're they're like job interviews that she knows she can't do but she thinks she's going to fake her way through it and it just blows up in her fucking face but she also shows up to the job interview looking like shit like she literally looks like she just was coked out all night and she's rude as fuck and these are all things she has control over right this is nothing that her childhood is coming back to haunt her and making her act like this. Nobody has a gun to her head. So she is choosing to act like this. And, you know, some people might say I'm not being sympathetic enough to her, you know, her story, what she went through. But like, are you kidding me? She's a fucking killer. And she chose to put herself in situations where she could kill people. So, you know, I just, I don't want anybody to think that I'm justifying her actions, but I do sympathize with that little girl that's still a part of her, that still was a part of her, that part of humanity who knows it's wrong what she's doing, right? But in her mind, she feels like she's completely justified, or does she, right? Or does she just feel like I might get away with this? The thing is, I feel for a person like Eileen, if she had gotten away with it, or even if she would have, you know, spent a life in prison and didn't get executed, I don't feel like she could have lived with herself, especially that last kill that she had where the man was begging for her life, his life. I could tell she felt a giant sense of remorse and I don't think she would have been able to live with herself and what she's done. And that brings me to, um, I wanted to share with you guys her, actually her last words, um, before she was electrocuted. Guys, I'm waiting for this to load. So, Warno smiled at witnesses from the execution room who watched her utter her chilling final last statement. She says, Yes, I would like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back with Jesus, like Independence Day, June 6th, like the movie. Big mothership and everything. I'll be back. I'll be back. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot of metaphors, movie reference she threw in there. This was somebody who claimed to believe in God, claimed to believe in Jesus. And, you know, then added in some alien aspect to it with talking about the mothership and saying that she'll be back. So it's interesting. It's, uh, she, even at her you know, last statement on this earth, she still wanted to feel a sense of power. And that's why the last word she ever said was Ollie back. Because she wanted to instill fear. She wanted to set the precedent that she was powerful. And no matter what the earthly realm does to her, she is going to come back, right? So... She was obviously found guilty of killing seven men um, on night, on Jan- in January of 1991. Um, she was sentenced to six death sentences. 
In her defense, Warnos claimed that all the men had either raped her or attempted to rape her at the time. Um, now, again, I've watched a lot of her interviews, um, her documentaries, some podcasts, and the movie, like I said. And what I've gathered is her story has changed quite a bit. So, again, who knows what is actual truth um, and what maybe she has kind of made her story, if you will. But I will say that what is absolutely true, without a doubt, is that she definitely suffers from a mental illness. Who knows what that is? There is no diagnosis that I found for her um, other than her father's diagnosis of schizophrenia. But she, from what I know, was not uh, medically diagnosed with any kind of mental illness, but she definitely has something or had something or suffered from something. Um, Could it be severe PTSD? Absolutely. Um... But what I will say is absolute truth without doubt is that this woman had a really shitty hand in life that she was dealt. And I will say that I, without a shadow of a doubt, a lot of men have abused her in every way that a a person can be abused. Um, I do believe that she felt like the only way that she could get attention or even affection was through violent acts of affection, um, physical touch, violent physical touch, rape. And I think in some weird, sick way, she felt like that was making her feel alive. I know this sounds really sick, but when you are dealing with a mental illness that you can't grasp a hold of under any circumstances you don't even want to get help you don't even try to get help you make up a life you create a life in your head and it could be as horrible as you want it to be it could look a certain way it could feel a certain way it could sound a certain way and I think that's what Eileen Warnos has done I think she made a world up at as young age as 14 and stayed there and even in her adult years I think she was still that little young teenage girl who was trying to fight for her power her place and she thought the only way that she could do that was to be God or play God and you could see her in the movie Um, by the way Charlize Theron excellent job she did an excellent job at playing Eileen to a T um, even looked the role like sounded like her everything was crazy and side so note I don't really care for Charlize Theron in her personal life from what I know but as an actor in that movie wow bravo um, so yeah I just I, I, I think when she had the gun in her hand she Shook. You could tell that this was not something that she was comfortable with. She knew, because she believed in God, she knew that it this was not right. She knew this was not right. And again, we have this in us. We all do. We can all snap. And we all know it's not right. That's why we don't do it, you know? And I think a lot of us, like... I mean, I can't speak to this, but a lot of people who play video games, you know, they do a lot of things in these video games that they would never do in real life because they know it's wrong. 
but they can live vicariously through these video games. And some of these video games are horrendous. You can do horrendous things in these video games. So, but it's when do we, you know, break through the realms of reality and our fantasy life becomes our waking life. You know, what takes us to that place where we go to the other side and it's like once you go to that other side you can never go back and I felt like Eileen's mindset was I'll be able to snap out of this right I'll just kill this one person and I won't do it again and then it kept happening to where it was seven men and then they're even saying that there's a possible eighth man so this is an incredible story of someone who let their mind control them. Let their thoughts control them. Let their hate control them. And it ultimately led to the end of her life. So, as always, guys, I would love to hear from you about this story. Have you heard of this story? If this is your first time hearing about this story, please let me know what you think. Um, I'm not sure where you can watch the movie Monster. I mean, like I said, I think it came out in 2003, so it's probably available somewhere for free. Um, But I would definitely give it a watch if you can stomach movies like that. They're warning, um, disclaimer, there are acts of violence, um, you know, sex, drugs, all kinds of bad shit in that movie. So, you know, viewer's discretion beware. Um... If you want to just look up her story, I would definitely advise. Um, It's very interesting. Um, But if this is where we leave off, I want to thank you for your support. If you're a uh, continued listener, thank you for your continued support. It is very much appreciated. You have no idea. Um, I do this because I know that it helps. I've had confirmation from you guys. And it helps me too. I always say this. So I want to close this off with just saying that if anything about Eileen Warnos' story resonates with any part of your life, maybe you've, you've had this mindset or you've, you have this mindset or, you know, maybe there's some days where you feel like snapping or, you know, you hate a certain gender or you hate a certain political party or whatever it is. Really ask yourself, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And why is this so important to me? And what am I doing about it? Are you taking action on this? Are you commenting hateful things? Are you posting hateful things? Are you attacking people? You know, like, are you taking action on it? Or are you thinking about it? Because remember, guys, thoughts become actions a lot of the time. And in Eileen's case... Her thoughts, all of them, became actions in her real life. And before she could even say stop, she was already killed five people probably. You know, and she was one of those people who would wake up and she finds herself walking down that same highway again, looking for her next victim and wondering, what the fuck am I doing? You know, so it's like, there's nothing that can't be prevented guys there's nothing that can't be prevented remember that you are you know you're special and not in a cliche cliche way where i'm trying to blow smoke up your fat your ass and you know coddle you i'm saying this because every single one of us is here for a fucking reason 
And you're not here to snap. You're not here to hate. You're not here to physically harm yourself or anyone else. And if you're thinking in that way, then there's something else going on. So please, if you're listening to this, get help. If you're listening to this and you know somebody who needs help, help them get help. Don't just say, oh, that's how Susan is, or oh, that's how Brad is. Oh, that's how Lamar, you know, just, he just, he just wilds out when we go out. Like, that's not normal. If this is consistent behavior that you see in someone or yourself that is constantly harming yourself or other people in some way, that is a big, giant cause for concern. So, I'm sending you guys unbelievable amounts of love. And I hope that Eileen has found some kind of peace in her afterlife. And I absolutely hope that the victims and her their families have found peace from the heinous and evil that she brought upon their lives. Um... There is no way to forgive anything like that. There is no way to forgive a person of doing something like that. And I would never ask the victim's families to forgive her um, at a, ever. I mean, it's just an unforgivable act. But I hope that they have found some peace, which I don't even know how that is even possible. Because fathers, sons, brothers, friends were killed because of her inability to control herself. Her inability to get help. Her inability to be around people who would help her. Because again, you are who you're around too. So if you are either living with someone or you know, spending large amounts of time or hanging around someone who is, who's challenged, who may be on the verge of snapping, who you know, maybe you're like, oh, they just have attitude, but you still have this sinking feeling like something's off, or they're constantly, you know, upset or something. Like, they need more than just, you know, a podcast or a book. Or, you know, like, feel it in your guts. Even when it comes to yourself, too. Send them this podcast episode. Send them any of my podcast episodes that you think that might help. Hell, send them to my email. Send them to my DMs. Just don't give up on yourself or anyone, okay? We're all here for a very short time, and I think we should live it in the best possible way that we can. So, until next time, guys. Ciao.